Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome on into the Wolverine.com podcast. Clayton Safey here on what will be a Thursday. We are down at the Combine as we speak. So we're recording with a special guest, Andy Staples to uh, still get you your content on Thursday, but Anthony and I down at the NFL Combine. So for all that coverage and more, head to thewolverine.com. Use the promo code UM1 for two months of premium access for just $1. If you're watching on YouTube, like the video, subscribe to the channel as well. But the turntables, Andy, on our show, we appreciate him having us on his show, and we thank him for being here. Andy Staples on three uh, live on YouTube, 8 a.m. every weekday, also wherever you get your podcasts covering college football and more. But Andy, thanks for being here. Clayton, I only owe you about 74 more podcast appearances. So uh, if you want to book me for the next two and a half months, you feel free. For sure. No, we appreciate coming on. Of course, we benefit as well. <laughs> and uh, great to be. Uh, yeah, network is uh, is stronger than ever, I feel like. Um, I want to talk about the Sharon Moore era and Michigan's transition. And you and I talked outside of Schembechler Hall the Monday after the Ohio State game. It was snowing. We did a hit on your show uh, in, in front of the Bo Schembechler statue. And we talked about the possibility of Sharon Moore being Michigan's next head coach. It went in the direction that many thought it would. You know, I was sitting there. We were at practice for Michigan before the Rose Bowl. They moved it inside one day. We were at SoFi Stadium. Now Jim Harbaugh will be coaching there. With the Chargers. So it went about as as expected or as predicted. Um, and that's why I kind of almost didn't predict it because never, you know, things don't usually go according to plan. Yeah, Harbaugh, Harbaugh is the ultimate wild card. Everybody else, you kind of know, like, okay, this is the way it'll go. This is logical. And, and that is the strangest thing I think about the whole sequence of events is it happened very logically because he wins the national title, he talks to NFL teams. The Chargers were one of the ones that we kind of ID'd early as one that might be a fit, have the quarterback in the location he wanted to be in. He talked to them. It got serious. He took the job, and they promoted Sharon more two days later. Like, it was exactly the way it probably should have gone, but it never seems to go like that. Right, which is, in, in of course, you know, I, I think that, Sharon Moore has taken over, you know, late January. There have been a couple speed bumps, you know, the one big one being the Ben Herbert moves on. You kind of expected mm-hmm. Jesse Minter, but then you see also Mike Elston and Steve Klinks can all move on. Uh, but from the point that uh, Jim Harbaugh left, 48 hours, Sharon Moore is hired. Um, and then over the last month or so, I guess, how would you assess how the Sharon Moore transition has gone from your perspective? Pretty well. The, the Herbert thing surprised me. Because NFL teams just don't value strength coaches in the same way. But it was kind of a, a an interesting look into probably what they had to promise Jim Harbaugh to get him, which was a lot of control and a willingness to spend because they end up getting uh, they end up getting Ben Herbert. And you know, I, I figured he'd stay at Michigan because 
a strength coach is just so much more valuable in college and, and they wouldn't be able to match what Michigan was going to be able to pay. But, uh, you know, they promoted from within. So the idea is hopefully everything stays fairly similar and, you know, you keep the program that the, the players are used to, the same sort of science that, that Ben Herbert was using because he's a, a pretty, you know, cutting edge guy. They do a lot of things that, you know, you look at that they are, they lift heavy, sure, but they do a lot of flexibility, balance type stuff mm -hmm. that, you know, he's he's one of the the leading guys for a reason. I mean, he understands how to build better football players. And so the hope is that that by promoting from within, that's what you get. You just you never know until you see it in action if that's what happens. Right. No doubt. And look, I mean, here's the thing with a hire that a lot of it was hinging on, you know, the continuity. That was kind of what you were banking on. You were also hiring Sharon Moore because you like Sharon Moore as Michigan's head coach, because you can never guarantee continuity in today's college football in a number of ways. Um, right. But just, you know, I, I think you, you like the hire, right? To Sharon Moore. I mean, it seems I like love the hire. I, I love the hire Sharon Moore. And the, the benefit of this one is you already know what he is as a game day coach. Like he's, he's had to coach in two of the highest pressure situations imaginable against Penn State and Ohio State last year. And, you know, Penn State, he finds out really in, in the when they are landing the plane that he may be coaching, then doesn't really find out till the morning that he's definitely the one coaching the team. And, you know, had a situation that he had to solve in that game where Penn State's pass rush was a problem for Michigan. And he ends up running the ball. What it wound up being 28 times in a row because a pass attempt got wiped out by a penalty. And you think, okay, this guy understands how to solve a problem and get the job done. And then you go to the Ohio State game where he called a basically called a flawless game on offense yeah. while doing all the head coach duties, the fourth down decisions, the big picture stuff. And so that's the benefit. Like when, when you pr promote a coordinator or you hire someone who's been a coordinator, you just don't know what they'll be as a game day coach. Like when Georgia hired Kirby Smart away from Alabama, there was a bit of a gamble there because you are pretty sure what he's going to be as a program builder and everything else. But you don't know if he's going to freak out when he gets in the game. Now, obviously, he's not. He didn't. He turned out to be a very good game day coach. Yeah. But Sharon Moore, you already know. And the only other situations. You know, other than interim coaches being promoted, like Ed Orgeron at LSU. But Ryan Day's situation at Ohio State was similar because Urban Meyer got suspended mm -hmm. that year before. So you had a sense of what he was as a game day coach. And I'm sure all the, the Michigan fans are just laughing at this now because uh, Sharon Moore beating Ryan Day probably yeah. made Ryan Day's life as miserable as it's ever been. No doubt. And I will, I will say that the key difference in that it, it's ch more challenging, I think, for Sharon Moore to take over is that uh, Urban Meyer didn't leave for another job at that point. Right. So he had a little bit more of a luxury to pick and choose who he wanted to keep. Obviously, I don't remember exactly how it how it went in terms of if guys. It, it was very it was very similar the first year from year one to year two. It didn't change much. And then he kind of made some changes. as Yeah. So, so that that is a key difference. But. You're right. At least it was it was the audition that Ward Manuel talked about at Sharon's introductory press conference. Um, I want to move on and, and talk about the biggest question mark for Michigan this spring, which is the quarterback spot. You have a bunch of guys. Jack Tuttle got a seventh year of eligibility. Alex Orr, there. So Jack Tuttle's 24 and he will be suiting up 
Doctor um, Tuttle. Yeah, exactly. I know he could be working on a PhD or whatever he wants at this point. Um, he has Big Ten starting experience. You have a bunch of other guys who don't have starting experience at all in college football. I think a lot of people are eyeing the April transfer portal period for Michigan. But when I look back at it last year, I mean, some of the high-profile guys to move around in April, unless I'm, I'm, you know, missing some guys, were Peyton Thorne going mm-hmm. from Michigan State to Auburn. Tyler Buckner was one of those guys, and he didn't pan out, and now he's playing lacrosse. Yep. Um, what do you expect? And, and every year is different, right? Because there are changes in college football, and I want to ask you about some of those in a little bit. But like, what are you expecting out of the quarterbacks that are going to be available in April? Well, the thing is, the quarterback that would go to Michigan has not revealed himself yet. Right. It's because here's the thing the starting job at Michigan is good enough that someone would leave another starting job for it. True. So I don't want to get Ballas mad at me, but probably a tamper a little bit, There's a little light tampering, and figure out who might be interested in that job and put the feelers out. And or they may put the feelers out to you. Well, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That 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 goes both ways. And so, uh, like the people who will be sort of the middlemen in all this, especially with quarterbacks, your your private quarterback trainers are the ones that usually get reached out to, and and they kind of figure out between themselves and the school and the player if this could happen, this can get done, but. Michigan is one of the most attractive places to go because you look at the, the level of talent that, that's around you and the kind of defense that's going to play on the other side of the ball. So you know you're going to step into a situation that's good. So that's the, the part that's interesting to me. I, I was talking to Pete Nakos, our, our national writer at On3, and you know Alabama is in a situation where they're going to be nervous in the spring window. The SEC schools, remember, aren't as nervous usually because – they have a rule that says you can't go from one SEC school to another in the spring window and then play that season. Well, most guys in the SEC want to play in the SEC, but Michigan's the type of destination that they would go to. And so if you're Alabama, you like, and I realize Alabama just got, just got Keon Sab from Michigan, mm-hmm. but I think you'd be pretty nervous if Michigan ID'd one of your backups or, or somebody who was has, maybe hasn't been a starter yet, but was kind of ascendant you'd be nervous about that because they might want to go play there. And as far as the quarterback situation goes, I'm trying to think of a really good quarterback who has moved in the spring window. I, I don't right. know that there has been. I mean, the, the two best players that have moved in the spring window the last two years have been receivers. You know, uh, last year it was Keon Coleman leaving Michigan State and going to Florida State. The JMO. And Yeah. Maybe that was before there was a window, maybe. But. That was before the windows, though, because J-Mo might, I mean, you know, James Williams might have moved when, you know, at, in the winter at that point as well. But, you know, it, it's hard for a quarterback to come in with no spring practice and just take over. The orgy thing's interesting to me because I remember talking to all the Michigan players going into the Rose Bowl and the National Championship game, and to a man, they say he's the best athlete on the team. Yeah. So can you build an offense around the best athlete? On, like, we haven't seen him throw in a game, but you guys have seen him throw at practice. You guys have seen him throw. If he's an adequate passer, there's an offense to be built that could be very good with Alex Orgy running it. So 
it just depends on how you feel about that. It, feel, it depends on how you feel about him as a thrower, if you can build an offense around him. But I, I don't worry about him as a runner. I don't worry about him as an athlete because some very good athletes have said he's a better athlete than me. It's true. And if you look at the roster and there might be one other position group that's either weaker or lacking experience, it's wide receiver. So maybe he is the guy to go with because you have that running element with him where you build a, a different type of offense, which is is something I'm most interested in. He, he can throw. You know, it's not like he can't throw. We've seen him in spring games. He had a few nice throws last year's spring game. Seen him in practice. It's hard to tell in the, the period that they give us to, to show us in practice at these bowl games. But Oh, definitely. And I, I think people are holding their breath at Michigan because they got through largely unscathed in the transfer portal period after Jim Harbaugh left. But they know that they're going to lose guys in April. Every oh. team probably is. Can you imagine how many of those defensive guys are getting tampered with right now? Like it, it's insane because they have some guys that that would start for every team in the country that everybody's going to want. So but the thing is, I, I also think Michigan developed a pretty nice model for retaining guys in terms of NIL. They, they they did a good job with it last year. They've probably evolved it some this year and understand what you've got to do. Now that, you know, some of it with college football is the ebbs and flows of your team being old this year and being young this year. Like it, Ohio State's going to be the old team in 2024, like Michigan was in 2023. That's just how it went. But you know, I think Michigan can get older. And the, the other thing I want to see Sharon more, I imagine he's going to be as active in the spring portal as Harbaugh was the past two years. I mean, that Michigan's been better at finding guys who can come in and start at a later date than a lot of other people. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Right. And, and that's going to be important. It's important to note, too, because it's, it goes both ways. You don't just lose guys. And, yeah, I don't I don't think we even have to imagine at how much the, these guys, some of these guys are getting tampered with because it has happened, you know, from what we've heard. And I think that what Michigan has done now is is has bought itself time to get to April, where now you can go through spring ball. These guys know what to expect under Sharon Moore and you can, you know, make sure that you have NIL in place for the guys to stay. That bought you a few months on that front. They, they end April 20th. You know, I mean, we could see a lot of activity uh, in the 10 days after the spring game until that portal closes. But like you said, we'll see it both ways. You could get a guy in June like uh, Michigan did with Josh Wallace last year, and he yeah. has a big addition on the team. So, Yeah, it's, they've been great at that. They really have. And it's, it's, it's interesting. 
you know, to be able to have three offensive line starters in the past two seasons who were very important players, you know, two centers and a left tackle, that's, that's not easy to do. It's hard to find impact offensive linemen in the portal. And, and uh, you know, Ole Ole Timmy, Drake Nugent, Ladarius Henderson, all really important players at Michigan. No doubt. And they they brought in a couple or one this year. You still have Miles Hinton sitting there. So, I mean, there there still is some experience and, and they have more work to do in April. Um, I want to talk a little bit more broad college football now. Uh, the five plus seven college football playoff model, which may only be in place for a couple of years until they expand again or something like that. So amazing. It's it's incredible. Like it's the most college football thing in the world. You go a hundred years without a playoff, saying, "Oh, we could never possibly do a playoff." You do a fourteen for a little while. You're like, "Nah, we need to expand that." You spend five years developing this twelve team model. Like that, they started working on this after Clemson beat Alabama in Santa Clara. That was January 2019, the end of the 2018 season. That was five years ago, more than five years ago now. And before you ever play one snap of the 12-team format, you're talking about expanding it. It's mind-boggling, but it is the most college football thing in the world. Yeah, so so, but are we guaranteed to have two years? Is that right? Am am I reading that right? I mean, I don't think anything's guaranteed in college football anymore. But it seems like like they're pretty locked in from a television standpoint, from a booking sites standpoint. I I don't know that they can do a lot they're not going to have a lot of flexibility with that at this late date. So I think that's probably going to be what it is. And it's funny because I like it. I thought, I thought it was kind of nuanced, you know, it, it rewarded conference champions, which is important to some people. It uh, gave buys to people. It gave home games to people. It, it created these layers of, okay, being one of the top four is really important, but also being five through eight is important. And then, if you're nine through 12, you got to go on the road, but you made it in. And right. then there's this other cut line. I mean, it, it created a lot of points to create drama. And I just thought that was pretty cool, <laughs> but apparently not cool enough. So 14 or 16 or whatever they're going to next. We'll see. Yeah. And once you go down the, the slope of, well, let's do this for more money. And we've all admitted with, expansion and conferences and everything else that money is the most important thing then they're going to look at well let's get four more teams in here Uh, speaking of money it seems like and i think you said it on your show yesterday or or you know in the last couple days is there are no rules anymore so the tennessee uh, tennessee and virginia they win their court injunctions how about that you know uh, somebody actually wins an injunction right a tro uh tim connors would never approve something like that but uh, what does it mean (laughs) What does it mean for the rest of college football? Is this a nationwide thing where basically uh, players can be paid and be employees of the university? They can't be employees yet because, well, they could. The the universities could just declare them employees. Like they don't have to wait for the courts to force them into that. But those are other cases. You've got the National Labor Relations Board with with the Dartmouth case and also with a case out in USC. But those are private schools. You know, the, the NLRB can regulate private schools. It can't regulate public schools. So for the public schools, they they would just have to choose to do it. The other thing you could do if you actually wanted to make em- employees, which I think is the most sensible thing and ultimately what they'll get to, 
is make them employees of the conference. That way you're only dealing with one state's employment laws. You can collectively bargain with them, which that's the key here. Like the schools are going to want to collectively bargain, whether they admit it or not, whether they're willing to say it or not. If you actually want to have rules that aren't going to get invalidated in court, you have to give the players a say in those rules. And, you know, you look at the NFL, the NFL makes tons of money, but they have a salary cap. Why do they have a salary cap? Because the players agreed to it. Right. And you don't see people complaining about it because the players agreed to it. So that's what could happen in college sports, which I, I, I have not met a coach who would mind that or care about that at this point, because they're just like, give me some rules. Tell me how this works. Tell me the structure and I will deal with whatever the structure is, but you got to tell me there are no rules right now. They're really like the transfer rules are gone. They've been invalidated. That That's another preliminary injunction, but in a trial, they're probably not coming back. The NIL rules, they've been paused in a trial. Like the judge in this case has said the NCAA is going to lose at trial. He's the per like it's a bench trial. It's not a jury trial. So we already, the person who's going to decide it has already said they're going to lose. Right. So what are you supposed to do? So they are going to have to figure something out, which I think is why you've seen the Big Ten and the SEC partner up because they're they're the two most like conferences and they'll have to figure out something that will work for them and then they're gonna say everybody else if this works for you okay come along if it doesn't whatever because you need us and we don't need you so we're looking at in, in a couple follow-ups to that one who represents the players because the nfl they're around longer in college. The yeah. top guys are here for three years. Actually, yeah. uh, if you go to the average NFL career, true, college players probably around longer. So yeah. Um, but no, but there, there, are there are some NFL guys players that, who go fifteen. Guys other than Jack right. Tuttle that can be here for longer than you know <laughs> yes. some guys. Yes, different. Jack Tuttle should be the union rep. Right. I mean, <laughs> let's be real here, but. That's that is going to be one of the great questions is how does that happen? There have been there, there is a competition going on out there. People have been trying to set themselves up for the last 10 to 15 years to be the people who represent the players. So we don't know yet who that's going to be, but we know it's going to be a fist fight to see who who gets that because it's a pretty probably a pretty lucrative deal. Pretty big group. A lot of money at stake there. Mm hmm. And for people who haven't listened yet, the no bad uh, no bad ideas Friday with Dan Wetzel I thought was fantastic. So basically, Andy and Dan fixed college football, or at least threw ideas out there that made sense, right? So that's right. Go and, You'll and never do out. And uh, yeah, it was a good listen. So I, I enjoyed that. It kind of caught me up too because you're in such a bubble sometimes covering one team where it's like I don't have time to like worry about court cases or whatever. We already worry with our own here. We got Clay, enough. Clayton, I did a thing with Pete Nakos on Tuesday morning show that. We, we did a draft of the, the, of the biggest off-season stories. We forgot things that would have been the biggest story of an off-season like 10 years ago. Right. We just forgot them. Like the, the NLRB declaring the Dartmouth player, basketball players employees, even though Dartmouth doesn't even give athletic scholarships. Like that would have been the biggest story in the world 10 right. years ago. But it went between – you know, Nick Saban retiring, Jim Harbaugh leaving for the NFL, 
the playoff potentially expand. That's another one I didn't have on my big board, and I woke up Tuesday morning and was like, oh, crap, I forgot that one too. The, the Big Ten and the SEC planning to work together. Like, all of these things are just massive. I don't know how anybody keeps – like, it is my job to keep track of it, and I can't keep track of it. <laughs> right. That says it all right there. Video games back as well. I hope that was drafted. Oh, that was on there too. Yeah. Okay. Um, so no, I love, yeah, there's so much going on. That's why it's, it's a year round sport and Andy covers it uh, daily. So make sure to check that out. Andy Staples on three last question for Andy. Would you, you do consider yourself a national media member? Is that right? I mean, I do cover the whole country. Sure. Okay. National media is a, a pejorative usually used by people who are mad at Stephen A. Smith. So, I mean, I don't really know. Because well, I, I like I ask it the, the people matter. who cover the whole country tend to have a very pretty wide swath of opinions. So True. national media is usually this person said something that hurt my feelings. True. So I got you a little little frisky there. I, yeah. <laughs> I want to ask you this to close it out. You're a national media member. I'll just call you that. Why yeah, yeah. don't Go ahead. you want to ban court storming? Why are you not in lockstep with the rest of the national media? <laughs> because it's fun. <laughs> And I've listen, I've been on the court when it's been stormed multiple times. I've been on the football field when it's been stormed multiple times. There are injuries. There is potential for mayhem. Absolutely. I understand that. But it's also happened a lot of times without significant incident, without someone dying, without a player just maiming a fan. There's a way to do it. And you you're showing Creighton right now after they beat UConn. That was a great like the they had a great plan. They knew going in, if, if, if we beat UConn, they're coming down. We got to figure this out. And so they made a plan. And like Ohio State's situation is a great example. They had a terrible plan for the Iowa women's game when they beat Iowa and Caitlin Clark got you know slammed into by a fan who neither one of them saw each other and they ran into each other. And the next time it happened was the, the men beat Purdue and they had a great plan. Like they had a bunch of ushers sitting there in the tunnel. The second the clock runs out, they come in with a rope, rope off the Purdue bench. All the Purdue players get out easily. Yep. And it's a big party on the uh, on the court. Like we love the image. We love the shot. Like Seth Davis is saying, well, how come this never happens at the NBA? Because the college students, there's a thousand college students right next to the court and they ain't trying to beat traffic, Seth. All right. they got to do is get drunk for the rest of the night. So... Like that's, that's why, and why take away something that's uniquely college. That's super fun. I mean, part of the reason we love college sports so much is the energy on the campuses, the youthful energy on the campuses. It reminds us old folks of when we were that age and what we felt like. And then, you know, as those people are experiencing it, those 18 to 22 year olds experiencing it now, how much fun they're having. I don't want to take that away from them. Like, I get it. If you're Greg Sankey, if you're Tony Petiti, you have to say you want to ban this because you're you're ultimately going to get sued. Or if you're Ward Manuel, you're going to get sued if something bad happens. So I get yeah. it. Say you hate it. Say you want to ban it. But just figure out how to manage it. And then you probably won't have anything bad happen. You won't get sued. Oh, no, but one I, more thing. Yeah. And, and, and maybe it's just because I, I don't mind the idea of, of athlete fan Thunderdome. I do believe that before any potential court storming, like the under four timeout, they should show the video 
of Jermaine O'Neal punching the Pistons fan at the Malice at the Palace. Because if Jermaine O'Neal doesn't slip in that soda, that man would have been killed. And, and, and basically, it's if you are a jerk to the players, this might happen to you. Right. And we don't care. You can sue us. You'll lose. You're trespassing. So be nice. It's it's a solution. I, I think that people who, you know, a lot of us, we make a living because of the passion of the fans in part. And, you know, so I don't want to take it away either. Not just for that reason. I think it's fun too. And I think we all have to remember what it's like to be a fan, but I thought that was good stuff. I thought you weighed in with uh, some good takes on it this week. So I just wanted to get your thoughts. Yeah, it, it was, it was fun. Like I, I was, I was thinking about it as I was, I wrote a column about it and talked about it on the show. Like I remember getting caught on the field in 2009. So 2009 was Chip Kelly's first year at Oregon, uh, the Civil War, Oregon, Oregon State, last game of the year, wound up being for the Pac-10 title. And it was a Thursday night game, so the, the whole country's eyes are on it. And Oregon wins, and they win the Pac-10, and the whole all of Austin Stadium comes down. And I'm weaving my way through the crowd. I'm like, this is amazing. I right. cannot believe I'm here right now. And I don't, I'm not a fan of either team. I'm just like, this is incredible. Exactly. It's Michigan, Ohio State. The last two times of the big house, it's the same thing, right? It's the it's it's what college football and college basketball are, are all about. So we're going to see some more probably in the next week or so, uh, court stormings. But stay safe, everybody, on those. Michigan did its part on Sunday by staying safe and just not beating Purdue. So that worked yeah. out. Uh, you just blow <laughs> you a big can, lead. You can <laughs> go with that option, too. Yeah, that's about every game here. So, um, But, Andy, thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate it, as always, again. Everybody go listen and watch uh, Andy Staples on three, as always. But uh, appreciate you being here. Make sure to like and subscribe, and uh, we'll see everyone next time. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.